Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Good evening everybody, welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast, brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black, and joining me this evening we've got John Anderson. Good evening. Uh, we've had a late call off for Ian Hay, who is unwell. So Ian is not joining this evening, but we wish Ian a speedy recovery. Uh, we're now live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, so if you're watching live, uh, you can get involved in the comments, and we'll select the best uh, to talk about as we go along tonight. Uh, if you can't watch live, you can still uh, watch or listen back on a po- any podcast apps, on YouTube, um, on Twitter and Twitch as well. Um, you can also visit the blog, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk, for all the latest news and views on Scottish rugby. Um, we've also got a Patreon page where you can get access to ad-free versions of the podcast, as well as exclusive monthly content for as little as £3 a month. If you pay £5 a month or even more, as some people have chosen to do, then we'll read your name out on the podcast as a, as a little bonus extra. So go to patreon.com slash scottishrugbypodcast for that. Um, now, in a first for us, and you may notice John and I are... Uh, we've, this isn't a uniform, uh, by the way. You may see that John and I are wearing some lovely uh, snazzy T-shirts. Um, support for the podcast... Um, during the Autumn Nations Cup and, and the the tail end of the Six Nations uh, that we'll be talking about tonight, um, we will be brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I suppose, John, the Scottish equivalent of that would be uh, some wee clippy jaws for your hairy boars. <laughs> I think you've obviously worked on that quite a lot this afternoon. I've been, I've been thinking about that this afternoon because um, now uh, Manscaped are new to the UK, so some of the talking points we've been given that they'd like us to discuss are fairly Amer- are fairly American in nature. But um, I hadn't realised how popular trimming below the waist was. I've not; it's not something I've I've done. It's not something I'm planning on doing. But that I'm not ruling out the fact that our listeners might might be interested in this. <laughs> I think Ian's given yes, it a it's test quite run. Popular. Ian's given it a test uh, run. He has, yes, he has, um, and and he's not here. He's not here to report back. Now that's that's got nothing. I was stressed. That has nothing to do with Manscaped <laughs> or their products. Um, so we've. This is what it is. Essentially, it's like a little small, wee small clipper there. I've used. I did use it. I did use it for a wee shave, and it was. I have to say, because it's designed to be used in sensitive areas, it was quite nice. It was quite 
quite, quite gentle, nice. I have to say. I, th- I think it's it's quite good how discreet it is. I mean, yeah. like, that's it. Full whack. I mean, it's fairly quiet. Yeah, it's got a USB charger as well. So, like, for that's yeah. quite handy if you, you know, if you, when, I, when I do travel Probably. for work, it's quite handy to have the USB charger. It's got a wee yeah. light as well. So, if you, obviously, you try to get down to a wee discreet area. Um so they've or if sent... you're in the dark and you're trying to like you're trying to find your way out the bedroom or you know find your way to the bathroom. I thought you were going to say you you found yourself in the dark having you know brought a former lady friend and you you know you <laughs> you frantically trying to do some last minute trimming. I don't know if that happens. And you can't and you can't find a torch. Your your <laughs> phone's nowhere to be seen. Off you go. The LED light. It's quite bright as well, actually. So yes. Um, now they've said so they said Ian, John, and myself. We've got this wee manscape bag. You get this. You can get this kit. Got some uh, something called uh, crop preserver, which is deodorant for your testicles. Uh, we've also got some um, crop reviver, which is testicle toner. Now next week we might talk a little bit more about body image and things. They've also sent us some some underwear and some t-shirts. The underwear you can get as part of the pack. Now else the underwear, I would say fantastic. That it's like a bra for the boars. It is fabulous. I, do. I, am, I, I mean, I would go all in just for the underwear. It is fantastic. I mean, I normally pay about £10 for a pack of underwear from Asda. So, I'm, I mean, the bar is set significantly Fairly low old, for me. Yeah, yes. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you, you talk, I mean, I'm lucky if I get 12 months out of them. But I described yeah. it earlier to someone as it feels like being gently cupped and kept in place all day <laughs> in a non-sexual way. <laughs> I, I would I would have to concur with that. Yeah. Um, I was, I mean, I wasn't. I'll be honest. I wasn't expecting much because you know, you get sent a a, a pair of a pair of kicks in the the post. You think I'm not sure about these, but they were fantastic. Yeah. I'm very very impressed. They are now my new favourite pants. I do when we don't normally get sent pants in the post. You know, our fans well, haven't reached that level yet. Speak for yourself. <laughs> um, one of the things that Manscaped do. Uh, do is they support a testicular uh, cancer society so if you're buying one of these um, and and you can get 20% off and free shipping if you enter the code SRP uh, at the um, uh, you know at the checkout Uh, so you will get a discount as well and and, uh, there's it's going along the bottom at the minute and there'll be details on the blog as well if you if you're interested in exploring that further now they do support a testicular cancer society and as many people will know Alex Corbusiero um, is currently undergoing treatment for testicular cancer. So it's and, and we're in November as well, of course, um, as everyone knows, which is the time when people are growing growing a more to save a bro. All about men's health. So, you know, while while you're down there, while you're trimming, have a wee check. I always have a regular Indeed. check just to make sure everything's in in proper shape. It's not something men should talk it's... about, John, is it? I mean, we we should. It isn't. No, no, it isn't, and it is. It's a it's a topic that should. Like we laugh and we joke about this sort of thing, but it is a serious topic. And um, I remember when kind of November first became popular over uh, over here, the shock in people's faces when you were you grew a moustache and then they go, "Oh, that's uh, is that for November?" And you were like, "Yes." And by the way, can I talk to you about uh, testicular cancer yeah. and testicular health? Um, you know, people were still very uncomfortable about it, so it's it's something we should all be talking about more it is it normalizes it because i'm not you know i've i'm not someone that's you know i'm not i don't think anybody's keen on going to doctors 
but I've never not been... terribly. I you know I've I've had you know I've got a couple of medical phobias. I'm not particularly keen. I'm a bit always reluctant to go and see the old GP. But it's you know it, the problem is if people put these things off, they, they feel something's wrong and and it only gets worse. So do check you know talk to your friends about this. Do have a wee check down there. Maybe you're trimming while you're trimming. Have a wee a wee fumble. See if everything's okay, so, and if there's any problems, go and go and seek some help as soon as you can. Um, so, um, yes, that's Manscaped. So we we thank them for their support. Like I said, you get twenty percent off if you go to um, manscaped.com and use the promo code SRP for Scottish Rugby Podcast. So that's twenty percent off with the code SRP at manscaped.com. Apparently, your balls will thank you, according to them. Now I've. I, I can't. I cannot confirm or deny that I've had conversations with my balls in the past. John, give them. You know. I mean, it was a it was a rough Saturday night, and um, th- things had got out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that's it. That's we, we've so we've touched on we've touched on testicular cancer this week. I think next week we're going to we're going to maybe talk about body image. There's quite an interesting a couple of interesting talking points around that, especially with Finn Russell when he was fat shamed. And there's some interesting. We we talked a few episodes ago about why rugby players shave their legs. Now there is some interesting stats, um, and this is a tease for next week on on whether ladies or men, gentlemen, um, prefer gentlemen hairy or trimmed, or completely shut. Or is one article I found in Cosmo as smooth as a squash, as smooth as the skin on a squash? Wow. I mean, I I'll, I like to to attempt that sometimes you know it's 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 a big goal of mine but um i mean this this doesn't just happen overnight no so yes so we're very grateful to manscaped for supporting us during the autumn nations cup so um if you're curious at all like so go to manscaped.com enter the promo code srp and you'll get 20 (laughs) percent off any of the products that are on there and free shipping so why not give it a little go um so tonight We've got a little bit to get to. We were hoping to talk about Scotland women versus uh, Wales, but unfortunately that match was called off because of the Rona. Um, yep. France, not, not Rona, but the Rona. The Rona. France got the Rona first, and then I think there was there's, there's some players tested positive and other players that had been in contact with the French players that you would have thought everybody would have been in contact with. I don't know how, how yeah. much they analyse it. It's just like when well, you were on the wing. Yeah. It was a prop, and you were on the wing. It was definitely no you. Rock inspector. That's you, 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 you don't need to. It's the TMO that's. It's the TMO that's done it. Ah, that's it. <laughs> it was skin. Yes, um, we've got. I mean, there's a bit of Lions news, but I'm going to save it for Hands in the Rock. We've had a couple of yep. Hands in the Rock submissions around around Lions tickets. Um, we'll we'll talk then. Let's start with we'll start with Scotland men versus Wales, mm-hmm. and. I don't know. I mean, we got an interesting question through on Twitter shortly after the game finished, and it's a good starting point because it was something I wanted to talk about, John, and it's Mark Agnew got in touch, and he said, does our first away win in a decade, barring Italy, because Italy don't count, we know that, need to be contextualised by lack of crowds? Is this a corner turned, or will we never know until the crowds return? It's it's a Schrodinger's away win. (laughs) That's a good way to think of it, yeah. Um... Uh, it's a very good question. I think, personally, I would say it does need to be contextualised. Um, 
all the build up to the game was around, you know, the game wasn't at the Principality Stadium. The game wasn't going to be in front of 80,000 people dressed up as leaks. So, um, yeah, I think we Scotland definitely had an advantage in that sense. What was delivered on the park, um, would 80,000 leaks have stopped that? I'm not sure. Yeah. I think that the thing for me is that there there was um, a sense of occasion with it because this is you know the first international play at Park Scarlets. It's yep. Alan Wynne Jones is breaking his record as the most capped player of all times. You had the death of JJ Williams, one of one of Wales' all time great players in the background. Now Scotland are not just playing Wales; they're playing the occasion. They're playing the fact yeah, yeah. that it's Alan Wynne Jones' record. So I do think you have. To, I think if if those things hadn't been in play, if, if it had just been any other game for Alan Wynne Jones, if it, if JG Williams hadn't just passed away, if they were playing somewhere else, I don't know. It just it, there was a lot going for Wales in terms of an occasion when you take away the crowd. Now, would the crowd have changed things? Possibly, but there was a really interesting the first ever interesting article on Wales Online. <laughs> you don't get many of them. No. Um, there was a really interesting article on there, and where they talked about the noise in the stadium inside the ground. Now there was there was sound being piped pumped in. I think I don't think that was yep. over the telly. That was there was here. That was so there was a couple of hymns in there. Um, there was crowd noise being pumped in, and the, the the Wales Online article pointed out that all the noise and was coming from the Scottish bench. So they were celebrating yep. every penalty, every turnover, every try, and the Welsh bench was silent. You know, the Scottish players on the pitch, they were creating their own energy. And whether or not you agree with, you know, all 15 you know all fifteen players crowding around the scrum and slapping guys on the back or not, it, it, as, as the article pointed out, it's it's a way to get energy up. Yeah. Yeah, and I, th- I think that was, um, it was interesting. We might touch on the game later on, but... Um... Ferris um, commentating on the Glasgow game last night, he was giving it some chat about how he doesn't like that sort of thing and, you know, he, he call him old school, but, you know, when, when can you not just walk away from a penalty and not have to cheer? Um, and he's, you know, and the, the, the co-commentator pointed out, absolutely, it's a way for, you know, guys are struggling to get the energy going in, in the occasion, so, you know, any little thing they can do to try and I guess um, create a bit of atmosphere from for themselves is is useful. And I mean, I think it's like if you think to amateur rugby, you don't you know you don't play in front of two men and a dog, and you run all run about silent, and you know every penalty is not like everyone's silent and walks away. There's there's plenty of cheering and and you know, backslapping that goes on there. So if it's good enough for the amateur game, which, you know, I, th- I think is fair enough, then I don't mind it so much. Yeah. I suppose the proof's going to be in the pudding when we come to... the. the I mean, potentially it's going to be the last game of the this tournament when we're actually facing a team away from, proper, you know, away from home in a competitive yeah, match yeah, yeah. next. Because you, France, we've got France at home, we're Italy away, Fiji and Murrayfield as well. I don't. I think it's only that last match, and you know, it's, it's highly unlikely we'll be playing Georgia at Murrayfield. You would certainly no. hope not, because that means something's gone catastrophically wrong. Yeah. 
But I think there is an element of yes, it's not. It wasn't at the principality. It wasn't in front of a crowd. But I don't think you can underestimate the occasion. And I think the occasion possibly got to Wales, or they didn't use it. Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely fair. And I'm surprised. I mean, I think that's in a way, it's almost like I think Alan Wynne Jones' selflessness. I think by being captain, he he put himself above the occasion, but actually there for anything if you from a Wales point of view you wanted Alan Wynne Jones to be kind of getting in people's faces saying I'm going to be the most capped player of all time yeah. and I want to win this match and you're going that to do it for me along with him. yeah yep. but he was fairly not I thought he was quite fairly anonymous thought he, he didn't have one of his uh, he didn't have one of his standout games and I think a lot of credit goes to um, to to the Scottish kind of um, back five, you know, in terms of you know, Cummings and Gray uh, and the back row for nullifying uh, Jonesy. He wasn't. He's usually quite destructive, and in terms of line out, he can cause a lot of problems at mall time. And he wasn't. And I think that's credit to the way Scotland played. Yeah. I mean, we we could go. Should we go? We can go through the players. I mean, it's probably it's such a a good win. It's probably worth just going through the player ratings and we can have a chat. Rory and I did these on Monday, um, and this I'll, I'll I'll stress this was after one one viewing of the match. I've gone back and watched bits since for for the purposes of doing the pod. Now, um, I, th- I thought the front row had a good game. I thought I mean F- Fraser Brown. I think there's there's. I said in the player ratings, him and him and McAnally are interchangeable for good and deal. Yep. I think they have they have almost the identical faults and pros to them. <laughs> it's so you know they both are liabilities for penalties. Yep, their their throwing is probably on a par, and they the the the, the scrum doesn't go backwards when they're in the. It's very hard to choose between them. They're almost identical players in a way. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, I, I think that's absolutely fair. I think the the only difference is perhaps, I mean, McAnally carries well. I think Fraser Brown's maybe slightly more destructive when he carries, but he's also slightly more destructive in that he gets broken. Um, so there's there's that, but you know, yeah, absolutely, they're pretty much uh, aside from a, a slightly dodgy hairdo, they're the same person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, and I'm not going to say which one has the dodgy hair. I'm not going to say it because you know I'm you'll be being getting completely. I am Switzerland. You'll be getting dirty pants in the post. That's what you'll be getting, John. <laughs> the um, I think that it is a bit of a concern, particularly Fraser Brown. I mean, it was a needless penalty to give away where he, you know, to to block and, and injure himself in the process. I mean, it's a classic, you know, Jeff Cross move that. Is to, you know, for commit a foul and injure yourself in the process of doing so, um, that's that's a worry that he's still doing that because I, th- I kind of felt like he, after that England game, he'd cut cut that out of his game a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. There's still, I think a lot of people were getting quite annoyed about it because he does have a tendency to give those penalties away, uh, and it's he's not been doing it as much, but it's still there and there's still I don't know it's like the old back row instinct kicks in where you know he, he still thinks he has to absolutely push the, the law to its, to its breaking point um, whereas it's like no no you're you're a front row so you have your front row union you can calm Fraser it's okay 
Um, but yeah, it was it was a needless penalty. And yeah. do you know there in some ways I can see I think this might be a legacy. So there was such an emphasis at Glasgow put on counter attack ball. There was lots and lots of uh, chat about it being like the uh, essentially a set piece, uh, and the kick return was a set piece. And players were kind of coached into those habits of just making sure that you're you're maybe not changing your line quite as dramatically as Fraser Brown did, but you're making sure that there's space for your your fullback to or whoever's fielding the ball to to run into. Um, and it does seem like a bit of a legacy of maybe Rennie's obsession with that part of the game that certainly Glasgow players are more liable to give up penalties in that area. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the two props, then I thought Rory Sutherland had a a, a decent game. I think the yeah. one the one kind of question I've got is the he is very strong in the scrum, but I think that the I was looking at his elbow and pos- position is just slightly off. Yeah, and it and it's I mean that's a, that's a technique. It's something that can be worked on, but it did that. Yeah. That's why he got pinged in the first pen, the first scrum, because he was his elbow's pointing straight at the ground. And we've said before, you need to show the paint the picture for the referee. Yeah, yeah, get it up. So, so yeah. if you're like the, you know like this pulling, it, looking like for all the world like you're pulling it down, yeah, you're going to get pinged every time. Yeah, the, it's it's a really simple thing, and you know you know fine well the guys you know, guys are international prop. People have watched the video back and seen that and uh, Peter de Villiers will be, be all over that this week and, and next um, as you say it's just it's just painting the picture yeah. just even just in that first couple if, if you're comfortable in that position then you know if that's your natural kind of scrummaging position that's fine but if you've got a referee who's going to pick that straight up you have to adjust and you have to change the picture yeah. to suit so but he um, didn't get pinged but, for it again so yeah that's I guess that's well the... that's it yeah um, Xander, he had a very good game, I thought. Yeah, yeah. He's continuing this sort of scaling the mighty heights of world rugby. I think one 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 uh, thundering carry at a time, isn't he? He's... Yeah. I didn't. I mean, I, I've actually decided I've 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 been unfair to him in the match ratings. I only gave him seven for a breakdown, but actually, when I looked at yeah. the post game stats, the official stats. He got three turnovers. Yeah, and you know that's a that's a hell of a lot for a prop. No, yeah. he's he's very good at that. What, what very very good at that. Yeah, and what's interesting when I watched the kind of game back, um, the way that they're using Xander Ferguson in defence, not in the twenty-two, but but like further up the park, is they're actually setting yeah. up a defensive pod of, with Ferguson in the middle and then Watson and Richie outside of him. So essentially, what I assume is then. Ferguson goes in, makes the initial hit, and then that gives the time for Richie and or Watson to kind of go over the ball and and and, and steal it. Yeah. Or the or the opposite is true, where um, if if there's a slight change of direction, because I know Watson and Richie were pretty high up in the tackle count as well. So if there's any change of direction or the ball shifted, one of the one of those two will make the hit, and then you've got Ferguson in position to come straight over the ball as first man and. Uh, it's a big unit to shift. Yeah. So, I mean, it's uh, Jamie Ritchie made 11 tackles and then Xander Ferguson and Hamish Watson were both tied on 10. I think I think Johnny Gray got nine officially as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was, he was down the tackle count. Again, maybe just a change in the way he's been used. I think so. I think that's what it's down to. I think we've come to... It's easy, I think, to say, oh, he's not 
you know, he's not making the tackles he used to, but I think it's more, I think that is definitely a positional thing that he's not being used in that way because him and I think in terms of the, where was it? The clear outs. I'll try and find the, the clear outs, um, the clear out stats now on here, but um, yeah, Cummings and uh, Cummings got 14 clear outs, Hamish Watson, 13 and Johnny Gray, 12. So they're definitely using Cummings and Gray to, to that effect. Um, in fact, I think it's uh, yeah, Cummings and Gray are second to the to the rooks to our own rooks, right? Which is interesting. So they're they're very much yeah. kind of the attacking clear doing the attacking clear out. And when it comes to the opposition rooks, it's actually Johnny Gray and Xander Ferguson that are being used. And I, again, that makes sense. You're saying too, you know, if particularly the way Wales were playing, and the conditions, everything was quite tight. Everything. You know, we weren't really seeing the ball shipped vastly away from the breakdown. So if you're getting those defensive, you know, to cause a bit of trouble, Johnny Gray's a big lad, Xander's a big lad, you don't need to commit a huge amount of bodies to make Wales at least think about it when yeah. you're putting those guys in. You're not really competing. You're just causing enough aggression to um, make them think about it. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, the, the Cummings and Gray partnership i think is probably the nailed on starting partnership i mean scott yeah. scott cummings i think since the he was one of scotland's better players in the world cup anyway yeah. uh, but he's he's really come on in terms of his game i mean i know from a glasgow point of view there's he's been touted for a while now but yeah. he, he doesn't do the he doesn't <clears> get the stats he's not you know he's not johnny gray he doesn't rack up the stats but he does he gets in the faces of the opposition in that quiet way. He's not, you know, he doesn't do the, the zandbags. He does the annoying niggly things that Rob Harley does well. I was going to just mention Rob Harley. It's almost like he's been mentored by Rob Harley at Glasgow or something uh, in, in, in those dark arts. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's quite interesting. So he does, he, he, if rugby again was played in paper, he's not necessarily top of any of the stats or you know obviously in this case he's 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 been used well but he is a fantastic player and he does those basics really really well yeah yeah he does um the line out though i can't it'd be interesting to know who called that line out on the line (laughs) because the wind i think was was entirely unpredictable on the day and you could hear you know andrew cotter and um Chris Patterson talking about the fact it was different yeah. down on the pitch into what it was where they were, and we already had a couple of throws go squint. So to go for a long line out, I, I get you know, and they, how many times have we talked about this with Scotland? It's it's the wrong decision in in a crucial part yeah. of the park, a crucial point in the game, yeah. and it that was a, a line out that just was begging to be thrown short, recycled, and booted up the park. I think I think there was a yeah it absolutely was there's right, there's no question it was the the wrong decision I think there was an element of both teams were kind of appealing to the referee hmm. um, to be more lenient to the conditions and I think there had been plenty of chat on the park about like right you need to kind of give us a break here or we're just going to be throwing the ball squint all day and I think there maybe was an assumption that perhaps you're going to get away with it on your own line. Yeah, The referee's going to be less likely to ping up a, a squint ball or, or whatever. But 
I mean, it was the wrong decision. <laughs> There's yeah. no question about it. You throw it the front, you clear the ball, jobs are good. And, um, but yeah, it was a bit brain dead, and it would be interesting to see who called it. But that's the thing, you know. You, you, the, we've done this time and time again. Yeah. Um, there was a, I've got a comment from Josh Paul. He says, "I remember an interview a while ago where Cumming said that this season is explicitly becoming to become more like Harold Parley. I don't know if that means reading more books." I, I'm assuming it's football. not meaning, yeah, or or becoming more more dad bod, but um, I'm assuming <laughs> it's not that. He says it's in terms of nuisance factor factor, yeah, but yeah. yeah, I think that's you know he's he's learning from the best. Yeah, because Harley we, is an absolute like he's he's horrible. He's just I mean he's a lovely big guy. He's such a really like absolute gent with that big booming Rob Harley voice, but he's just horrible. Like on a <laughs> rugby park, he just turns into this nasty, nasty person. Um in in the worst kind of way, you know, like not not in a Peter Romani sort of way, you know, or just a thug, but he's just he's just horrible. <laughs> It was when he got to counting down, minus, yeah, you know, yeah. minus one, minus two, with <laughs> every called use it during the 1852 game. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he was, at, he was at it again at the um, in the Glasgow Leinster game last night as well. He was, he was he was just causing havoc. It was like every time there was something going wrong, it was Glasgow 4 was, was, some, was somewhere thereabouts. Yeah. Bad man. <laughs> um. The before we move on to the back row, then I think the the one last thing to talk about Johnny Gray is he's carrying more, and yeah. certainly carrying with more of a threat than in the past where we've said he would just kind of like take the first tackle and fall over, slump to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's tapped my ankle. I better fall over and recycle. Bet, the ball. Uh, this is the point where I fall over and put the ball back to my team. Now uh, it's almost like it was a learned behaviour, but yeah, he's carrying me a bit more, bit more room. Um, ten, ten. Do- 10 carries, 40 metres made. Yeah, more than that's, we'd normally see from him. Yeah, that's 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 what you that's what you're looking for, you know. Um any anything kinda above, you know, the, the couple of metres made on each carry on average, you're you're kinda happy with that in that position. You know, we're not expecting long bursting Ben Toulis, you know, forty <laughs> metres made in one run. I don't think Ben, uh, ben Toulis is expecting that. <laughs> No, no, Ben was not expecting that. So, but no, that's, I mean, that's good stats. Good stats. And yep. um, the Exeter effect can't be overlooked. No, which we'll come on to in a moment, I think. Um, the back row then, I mean, oh, Richie, and, Richie and Watson is fast becoming one for the ages, I think. That partnership. Yep. We will come on to number eight in a minute. But uh, that, there's, there's very little to be, I don't think there's anything you can criticize them for in that game. It was. I'm not going to say it was a ten, but for for a back row that was pretty much a a perfect performance. The discipline was excellent. They were listening. They were. I don't yep. think I, neither of them got pinged for a penalty for hands in the ruck for you know yeah, not releasing the tackle. So that's as close to a perfect performance from two back rows as you can get. Yeah, I th- yeah, I thought I thought they work really well in tandem as well. That you know they've 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 obviously honed that relationship at club level and they really work well together. They they are, you know, we we, we kinda always it's a bit of a cliche to talk about the kind of hunting a pack sort of idea, but they really are kind of like two 
kind of carnivores hunting <laughs> for their prey together and they're, they're working in tandem. It's it's great to see. And, and Richie has, like, we all talked about Richie as being such a good option for Scotland and, you know, he was going to be going to be a future captain and, and mm. all that sort of things. But he he's actually probably delivered more in this short period of time than anyone thought he was going yeah. to. He is, he's, he's irreplaceable now. He's his first choice in the team. Yeah, now, and, and I think as, as much as people have talked about him as, as being more of a six than a seven, I think he's got all the attributes of a seven yeah. and a yeah. six. I mean, he's yeah. he, he's that good. And, I, and I'm surprised. I think I was... It was disappointing to see that he hadn't been named on the shortlist for for player of the tournament. I mean, I I completely think that Anton Dupont will win that and, and absolutely should oh, yeah. do. And I'm not arguing that Jamie Rich should, but you know, he he's uh, you know probably ahead of CJ Stander and certainly ahead of Ben Ben Youngs. I mean, he won. Uh, <laughs> Jamie Rich not according won. to some. No, not according to some who shall not be named. But the uh, he's certainly been. You know, he was he's won two man in the match awards. Jamie Ritchie. Yeah. Got punched in the face by a player and kind of carried on playing. Took, took a good punch, yeah. It was a good thanks hit. to he his metal and... face. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's he's actually part Terminator, so yeah. he's he's fine. But I I think yeah, his, yeah. his performances have been clinical, really, and I think that's the. It's 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 the problem you have with it's the perennial problem Scotland have that we 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 tend to get a token player in these. Um, these awards and you know obviously hogs won it a couple of times in a row but that is Stuart hogg he does very very noticeable things that certain media outlets tend to pick up on as opposed to being just a horrible horrible person in the mm. back row causing carnage um you know that doesn't sit it doesn't look as good on a youtube highlights reel it doesn't look as good on um maybe you know certain programs highlights um where a Stuart Hogg running riot through a defense can do. Um with uh, with regards to other back rows for other countries, it's always, you know, you know, it's the it's the the normal names that get kinda thrown out. CJ Standards and like I don't even think he was the best back row for Ireland, to be honest. <laughs> um, let alone yeah. but yeah. Yeah. And I think I you know, I think they both they they're both in with a shout of the lions, no, no doubt. I don't, you know, you see other people putting other names forwards, but I think the the winner way to Wales. I don't think we can underestimate that. I know it's too early to talk about lions technically because really we're probably looking at the Six Nations and, and whether or not the lions two will even go ahead. Well, um, that as well, yeah. But I think they, I think they could surprise. That could people will call it a surprise selection, but it it wouldn't be a surprise to me to see the two of them called up and even used in tandem. Yeah, I, th- I think there's there's a massive argument for that. Um, if you think think around the other home nations, you know, six six seven is, you know, the fact that you've got kind of Mau- Marua Toji being t- touted as a six is enough sign that England are like they're confused in that position. <laughs> um, which you know, given that Eddie's gone mad about centers recently you know it's not not a surprise he tends to say these weird things um ireland's again they you know basically they could play i think the, the lions could end up being the leinster you know eighth team and probably still be a very good lions team at this rate but they've got good options in the back row but again have they got anybody that offers what richie and watson do maybe not um so 
and Wales, I mean, you know, Gatland will pick players, but actually I think Wales were really, really poor. Like, oh, let's be honest, yeah. they were poor. I know, and, and there is that, and I think some people have thrown that up, but I think you can't, they're still Wales. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. It's Yes, it's a poor Wales team, but... But you know, you, that you can was only still beat a... what's in front of you, and there were still British and Irish Lions in that Welsh team. There were still people that have won Grand Slams in that Welsh team. Yeah. Um, it was a poor performance, and it's you know, I think some of the players are maybe living on past reputations, but it's still a decent Wales team. That's that... it, and, and I think you know, that it was overall, it was a very clinical performance from Scotland, yeah. probably you know, one of the most you know, error, error free kind of you know professional performances i think we've seen for yeah. scotland in in years in living memory almost it was in it very was... very tough conditions as well yeah. you know it's it was it was interesting watching it because you know how bad the weather was you could you could see you know how bad the weather was but watching it you wouldn't necessarily have thought that mm. from just and, and that was a surprise because sometimes these matches end up you know similar to the the England game this year, which uh, should be erased from everyone's hard drives. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it just turns into an absolute error fest. But, but, and credit to both teams, you know, no, let's not take nothing away from Wales in this instance. They they made the conditions look easier than they clearly were. Um, I just think Scotland handled it a lot better and showed a real maturity that surprised me, yeah. completely surprised me. Yeah, and um, before we move on to, I want to talk about maturity in a minute. We talk about Ali Price. I mean, Blade Thompson. I think it, it was a perfectly, you know, functional performance, and that's. Uh, I've got nothing I can say bad about it, but I don't. Oh. He didn't stand up out at all, and I don't necessarily feel like he's nailed his colours to the mast in any way as as Scotland starting eight. But yeah. but um, you know, buddy, buddy. I can't fault him either. It, it was very, it was a very seven out of ten performance. I think is the best thing yeah, I can say about I, it. The thing, the thing I thought about Blade Thompson, um, yeah, I totally agree. I think it was just a completely functional performance. And what I was thinking about it is, it's interesting how we 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 think about our number eights in Scotland. So, I kind of thought of two two names came to mind. So, had Ryan Wilson had that performance. It would have been a five out of ten. He should never pull the shirt on again. Performance, and had Dave Denton had that performance when he was still playing, it would have been a nine out of ten. He should start for the Lions. He should. He should have become an All Black. You know, um, performance. We we have such a skewed view of what we want from an eight mm. that we just want this absolute rampaging six foot five monster to be tearing back rows and throwing them over their shoulder, but. Thompson done a lot of really good work, and particularly he's, he, he was in there for his line-out work as well, which I thought, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd done well there. Um, just, yeah, very functional. Yeah, and that's not a bad thing. It's not no, a bad, absolutely we not. Need, no. We need players in there that can do that. We don't want, you know, for all of, I mean, we talk about Dave Denton, for all Dave Denton's Hollywood runs with the ball and, you know, <laughs> the things that he did do when he did them well, he was a li- He was also a massive liability in defensively <laughs> and in attack. He'd get himself isolated more often than not after kind of beating a couple of men. Yeah. So actually, to have someone that's maybe a bit more pragmatic, and 
Yeah. I feel like we're going to talk about pragmatism a bit when we get to the centres in a it's, moment. But it's a it's a word I've I've I think I've mentioned that word a couple of times in recent podcasts. It's um it's fast becoming one of my mantras. I think. Yeah. Um, Ali Price. No. Ali Price. There is a school of thought on Ali Price that he's too slow. Now, one I would say one man's slow is another man's controlled game. Yes. The interesting thing I found today, so I was looking at the match stats. Now, Anton Dupont has obviously been heralded as, as you know, he's the world's greatest scrum half, according to any kind of, you know, any anybody who, it, who it, watches rugby at the minute. He's watched he's, the last three weeks of rugby. He's yeah. the greatest thing in the world ever. Yes. And and I've no doubt you know he's a very good scrum half and and and, and yep. so is Fafter Clerk. Now Ali Price, here's the interesting thing: people have have said he's too slow. Now if you actually compare Scotland's average ruck speed, so that's the speed of a ruck foreman and the ball getting away. His ruck, Ali Price's ruck speed is faster than Anton Dupont. Yeah, he completes. Uh, we get the ball away from 45% of our rucks in less than three seconds. Now, that surprised me because I thought it would be higher. 46% yep. is three to six seconds, and only 9% of Scotland's uh, own rucks uh, took more than six seconds. With Anton Dupont, his his six-second-plus rucks are much higher. His percentage is much higher than Ali Price's. Right. So... I think demonstrably, Ali Price is not slow, and we I mean, we were talking about this on the group chat earlier. With and, and Al Kerr was pointing out, is is it because of who he's passing to? So Anton Dupont tends to be passing to his backs, who are then recycling, you know, maybe yep. doing flashier things with the ball. Ali Price is recycling to forwards who are running into brick walls, and the walls being recycled. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like it's almost like rocks get merged in some way because you're. Yeah, he's getting the ball away fast, but it's fast to a forward to crash to form another ruck to do repeat, repeat, repeat to create. You know, it's almost like people sort of just see a ruck and go, "Oh, that's taking ages." It's like no, there's yeah. been three rucks. It's fine. Yeah, it's a dot. It's like the Doppler effect of rucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that's a, a fair description. Yeah. yeah, I think it's. It's always been it's always been a bugbear of mine, like and we've talked about this in the past as well, that you know, we always want the scrum half that we don't have. And, you know, for years it was Greg Laidlaw was slow and then Ali Price was the Messiah. He was the rapids running threat. And I still think I I, I think there's not a part of me agrees that Ali Price does have more of a running threat than he offers. But it's almost like there has been, you know, it's 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 coaching, it's game plan, it's being told, you know what, it, only go for it if it's on because mm. let's be a bit more pragmatic about this. Yeah, it's control, um, isn't it? I mean, the one yeah, thing yeah. I think, the fact that he made, you know, a British and Irish Lions fullback look absolutely stupid by kicking to the corner twice in a row. Uh, yep. Towards the end of the game, just shows you know it, it was really smart. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think there is um, obviously with the injuries that had happened during the game. I think a lot of the pressure had moved on Ali Price to act as the senior decision maker in that that area. Um, so 
you know, obviously Hog came in at ten, but Hog's Hog's not played ten in forever. No. So um, you know, Ali Price is the man calling the shots at that point. And it was again, it's interesting we talk about DuPont. Um it was quite French in the way that we done it. You know, everything was coming through nine, all the control was coming mm. through nine. Uh, and it was a great thing to see and um it's yeah, and I know there's been a bit of chat about, you know, is is being slow the new definition of uh of of being controlled and is that is that the measure of game management and uh, uh yeah it's oh we're scotland fans are weird well, i know i know that we can i think we, you can't have it both ways either we, we have to accept that this is the new the new scotland is, is pragmatic and we will shift defenses around using yep. our forwards to build a platform and when it's on we will hit the gaps and we'll yep. stretch the defenses and we'll will go we're not playing the fastest brand of rugby trademark patent pending anymore gone it's, it's a solid platform and solid you know a solid defense you need a solid defense to build a good attack yep you can't it's like the, the you know the a cursed monkey paw you can't have you know something has to go <laughs> and i'd rather i'd rather win games you know i'd rather win games through having good defence and win more games yep. than I would score fancy tries every three games. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, if we could score fancy tries every game and run riot in every game and win them, then obviously we would all give up our you know right leg for that. But it's not going to happen. It's international rugby. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah, and I think, you know, you watch a lot of... If you watch the All Blacks... A lot of the games that All Blacks win are down to pragmatism and good defence. Yeah, yeah. For all the it's, Hollywood it's offloads basics. and the highlights reels, they do the basics very well, and that's what yeah, Scotland yeah. are trying to do now. And that's a and that's they build a, through the forwards. And I think there was a really interesting stat. You know, people always talk about the kicking game, um, and the All Blacks were like, I think it was at the World Cup, um, the All Blacks were one of the top teams for kicking. Yeah. Um, because again, it's pragmatism. They play the game in the right places at the right times. When it's on, it's on, and that's when Hollywood can, you know, explode into life. But otherwise, it's you know, you look at you look at the All Blacks forwards, and you wouldn't necessarily. I mean, some of them you would say are probably some of the best in their positions in the world. But as a as a as an eight, you would never really given the option of picking an All Blacks pack, you would never really take it. You know, you would always think of some a South African pack or even an English pack. But individually, they just do everything yeah. really, really well. And they create that platform for the for the, the, the other players outside them to do their bit. Yeah. Speaking of individuals doing things really well, we'll talk about um, fly halves. Now, I'll, I'll <laughs> lump it all together because... It was yeah. What we don't have any updates as things stand. I think the last we heard was that uh, Finn Russell's injury isn't looking too good, but we haven't had an update yet. So touch wood, that is a good sign. Uh, Adam Hastings popped his shoulder twice. Twice, yep. They are a little bit more hopeful that that isn't going to require anything more than a bit of rest. So there is a. I think there's an outside chance that you might two weeks and Adam Hastings will be fine. Yeah, yeah, and I think. Outside chance, yeah, and I think it's anyone who's had a shoulder dislocation will know that once you've popped it, 
if you choose to get up and play on and choose to continue to tackle international back rows with said pop shoulder, you're likely to pop it back out yeah. quite easily. Um, it tends not to be the recommended treatment path for a dislocation to put it in front of an 18-stone rampaging back row. Um I mean, some doctors may correct me, but yeah. last I checked, it was not. It was not recommended. <laughs> would not be recommended. Uh, no, way no. Unless I don't you, think I've seen that. Unless you kind of pop that, put it to what you've popped to put yeah. it towards him as a way of popping it back in again. I mean, maybe, I don't. Maybe if you'd done it just before half time and then swapped sides, yeah, um, and, and then then we would have been fine. But um, yeah, I yeah. mean, shoulder dislocation for for a person in his position, obviously shoulders are never ideal, but. If it is a clean pop and it's been popped back in and, you know, there's no other complications, you know, the problem with dislocations is there can be muscle tears, there can be other things going on around it that can cause problems. If it is just a clean dislocation, then strap them up to the heavens uh, and, you know, see if he can can get through. Otherwise... Yeah, he had a good game. I actually, yeah. I, it was good to see him put Georgia behind him because he hadn't had a great game for Georgia. But he, he, when he came on, I mean, Finn Russell was Finn Russell. That, that's as much as I could say about Finn Russell. He was on the park what twenty two minutes, and he was Finn Russell. And I've no doubt that we would have scored maybe another couple of tries. Yeah, but with, with Finn Russell there, I thought Hastings came on and looked much more confident than he had done against Georgia. Again, very composed. It's there was a there was a maturity and a calmness about the performance. There wasn't as much of the. I mean, there was a couple of the the the, the Hastings runs up the blind alleys to you know see which back rows try to smash them, and then quickly throwing a hospital pass to the nearest forward. Only a couple of those, which is that's progress. You know, if we can gradually dial them down, then by by the time he's Finn's age, we won't necessarily be seeing as much of those. So, yeah. no, I, I thought it was very mature. He kicked well um, in terms of ball, ball, ball in hand. A difficult day for goal kickers as well. So, um, but no, no no complaints whatsoever. I think yeah. we criticised him last last time out. I think he deserves plaudits this time. Yeah. Um, move on to the centres then, Lang and Harris. Uh, we've had a couple of hands in the rock about this. We might as well touch on it now. Um, Chloe uh, Stanton got in touch to say her hands in the rock is people bashing the centres no end because they want their favourites to play. How quickly some <laughs> people have forgotten the nation decrying a lack of grit and doggedness in the back line. Uh, Isaac McDonald got in touch and said his hands in the rock is learning that, that Chris Harris has won 65% of all his games for Scotland, which is the James highest... The highest <laughs> this is it a Kevin Miller stat. It's the highest stat of any player with more than 20 caps. Is that right? 20 caps. Anyone yeah, yeah, more than, yeah, yeah. Nobody with more than 20 caps for Scotland has won... Has that win? Won as many games as Chris Harris. Uh, and he said he's slightly taken the wind out of my sails when it comes to criticising him. He says, although my counter would be uh, his knock on that would have been a certain try at the weekend. I don't, I mean, that. I think that's harsh. I mean, Hogg could have oh, yeah. dummied, I thought. The fact that actually, the fact that he did do the one, he was in a position to do a one two with Hogg shows yeah. that he is a real attacking threat. And he yeah. is scoring, he comes in at an angle, he scores tries for Scotland. He 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 looked good. He looked good um, attacking wise. Um, he was starting to create space outside. He was starting to to create lines. I, I was I was impressed, and I think the hog one, you know, okay, right. So he knocks it on, but 
it's brung back for the forward pass before then anyway. And, um, you know, again, you've got to take into account it was horrible weather. Yeah, yeah he should have taken it. But, you know, how many how many times, you know, it's not like he was on over the try line and, you know, spilled it in front of him or anything. He was taking the ball at pace on a really, really, really good move that he had created. I think, you know, if we're going to lambast players for trying these things and it not coming off, then let's go back to, you know, early 2000s and let's call Dan Parks out of retirement and just yeah. kick the leather off it. It's yeah. silly. And I think, you know, for all, I mean, I think James Lang has been quite an attack, but I don't, that's not down, to, I don't think that's down to James Lang. I just think it's down to the tactics that Scotland are playing in attack. They're not using their centres as first, they're not using 12 as first receiver anymore and that's something we maybe had come to expect from them yeah yeah there's definitely been a shift away from that and I think that partially answered the so again watching the game last night with Sam Johnson uh, Sam Johnson was used as first receiver for Glasgow on on many many set piece moves and he was he was very good he was very very aggressive and thunderous and broke tackles but I don't think Scotland are wanting to do that Mm. So, you know, why not have a solid defender who can play a bit of ball from 12? Yeah. I agree with you. I think he, I think he was quiet. Um, I think there's more to come from him, and I hope that we see that, because mm. I think he is. I think he does have, have quite a... He has something about him that's a wee bit different. He, he didn't make... I think the thing is, it was error-free for, for, for Scotland. I mean, that was mostly error... I think there's a couple of errors, forced errors in the stats, but it was an error-free defensive performance, generally speaking, yep. as error-free as we've seen from Scotland. Yep. I think that the most missed tackles came from Harris and Lang, but there's a reason for that, I think, because of the way that Scotland defend, particularly outside the 22 in the midfield, where Lang and Harris are coming up fast to to kind yep. of break off the to disrupt the attack. So almost straight away, anybody that breaks the line won this cover there, but they're having to kind of track back to tackle and the more likely I think in those posi- in those positions you are inevitably going to miss tackles. Yeah, they're 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 playing the the um the Nick Grigg defensive line of flying out to cause carnage. Now, Nick Gregg takes it a step further and flies out and then smashes the first man he meets, which the ball sometimes is three men away by that point. And, you know, it's like, all right, okay, that's that's just Gregg. That's what he does. But, you know, there, there is a, a, an onus on centres to really come up and create that pressure because, you know, you don't want the men gotten... It's a great way of stopping the ball getting onto the outside. Is if you can cause a, an error in midfield, or at least create a bit of doubt in midfield, then you perhaps get your, you know, your opposition centre cutting back in, coming back on the play, which you know brings your forwards back in. It's a tactic, of course it is. And, yeah. Um, it doesn't always work, but you know there's always cover, which is, you know, we, uh, yeah, that's it. Missed tackle's fine if there's cover. And we've seen time and time again, it's good in a way. That's it's good that there is that cover there and that the, the, as a team and as a squad, they trust each other because that hasn't always been the case. I mean, how many times have we seen players not trust each other to make the tackle? You know, yeah, especially yeah. Stuart Hogg's been one for it in the past of, you know, there's been a cover tackling coming in and rather than track the other man, he's gone for the tackle and someone's away for a try. Yep, yep, yep. No, it's, um, well, Hogg and Harris were the, were, were two of the, 
people in the 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 World Cup, who yep. of course done that. Oh, we may have lost Jolly's back. Jump. No, I, I'd actually I'd lost you slightly. Had you? Like, oh well, here we are back. We're back yeah, we're again. Back. It's all back. Yeah. yeah so Hogan Harris defensive. Uh, defensive stuff, yeah. It was good to see them backing each other to make make those tackles. Um, so good, yeah. yeah. Good defense. Um, the wings, Darcy Graham is Darcy Graham. I mean, he hits his rocks, he makes his tackles. Yeah, how He's... many rocks did he hit? Because it seemed like every second rock he was there. He's smashing not, people. He doesn't make the snat stats because he only gives you the top three. Because you're the top three, so he wasn't. He he's not in the top three of rocks hit at all. But it's yeah. I mean, I wonder if it tells me on the total. I mean, but. It does seem particularly ridiculous. It might actually tell me a disproportionate. For... I might actually have some stats here. Hang on, I think I found the stats for 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 Rock's hit. It does seem that he's always there defending Rock arrivals. Where's Darcy Graham? Here we go, Darcy Graham. <laughs> Attacking Rock arrivals six. Six. <laughs> defending Rock arrivals three. Nobody's, so, I, mean, this, I mean, yeah, for for attacking rock arrivals, there are other players that are, that are higher, but for defending rock arrivals, n- nobody else has got into above one in the backs. So to hit three, you know, he's, he, he's, yeah. He's five foot ten. He's five foot ten and just over around 13 stone. Yeah. Probably wet. He's hit more defensive rocks than Scott Cummings. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> he loves it, doesn't he? I know. He loves it. He's, he's, he's a back row in a tiny winger's body. Yeah. He hit more. He hit the same number of defending rocks as uh, Telupe Falatau. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good so, man. Yeah, Darcy Graham... Yeah, it wants he, to be. When uh, he got his hands on the ball, he was he was a threat with the ball in hand as well. He's, yeah, he's, we we shouldn't we talk a lot about his defensive game, and he is he's a menace because mm. it's almost like they don't expect him, <laughs> and he just comes in and has he had a disproportionate strength for such a small man. I think, um, well, and, and he's not. I think that during the World Cup, I think he was try. He was you could tell he was trying very hard in attack, and yeah. That's not there anymore. Again, he's he's much more patient and he's trying things. Yeah. He's taking his chances when they're there, and he's yeah. you know doing what he needs to do when it's not not forcing it. Yeah, Blackingham passed the ball from the base. He did. Of the yes, I I noted it, rewound it just to check. Um, it happened. We obviously need to offer complete apologies to everyone that we offended by suggesting that Blair Kinghorn. Um, was not capable of passing the ball. He has proven us wrong, uh, and therefore we will be, you know, obviously accepting um, any potential lawsuit that players' um, representatives want to put our way. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I, I was was not um, full of praise for Blair Kinghorn in the last episode. I, I would say there was <laughs> he, you know, the, the try line was a begging, and he failed to pass to Adam Hastings. <laughs> And there was there was still a yes. couple of times when he could have passed and di- and didn't. So it's it's still an area of weakness. What what I will say is that as you know, often gets picked up in highlights and looking back, he positionally, 
apart from what there was one moment where position he wasn't very good but positionally he is very good his, his position yeah, 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 is, yeah. is, is, is top draw there was the, the first penalty that Wales gave away was because Kinghorn came to the ruck and actually forced Liam Williams to come in at the side so yeah. that's what the referee saw and that was del- well, I watched it back that was deliberate that was deliberate on yeah. Blair Kinghorn to get Liam Williams into that position to force him in at the side force him to be offside there was the, the turnover within Scotland's 22 where Hogg was isolated it looked like Kinghorn was running away. Now, I think what he was doing is he was spreading out to get the pass so he could go, go up the wing because there was probably space there and Hogg held on yeah. to it. It looked for all the world like he was running away. <laughs> <laughs> we will never know. No, but, you know, such a fine margins. And, you know, he, he runs into... He supports Hogg into contact and the ball's recycled. You know, Hogg throws him the pass and he's away. You know, he's, he's, yeah, he's up away. the wing and into touch and takes a bit of pressure off, so... Yeah. Fine margins and all of that. I thought he, I thought he's, he was in the team obviously for his aerial game, and, and you know, full credit to him, he he coped very well in again very difficult conditions. He was he was up, um, done really well to kind of where there was enough space to, for the kick chase. I thought Scotland, you know, in terms of work ons, I think Scotland's kick chase in particular was actually not that good, mm. and had Wales, uh, Wales could have done better in that space they had opportunities and they didn't I think they were conditioned to kind of kick the ball away as well and uh, Scotland probably gave them too much ball without giving Kinghorn or you know or even Graham the opportunity to get up and yeah. up and challenge I, I think that's another thing that we need to come to expect now from Scotland is that team selection is going to be horses for courses yeah I think especially during this Autumn Nations Cup there's go I, you know I think Townsend doesn't have an idea who his best team is, and that's a good thing. What that's I think he's thing, yeah. he's doing now is he's choosing the best team for the opposition. And yes, you can't worry too much what your opposition does, but that that's tactically astute. So, yes, you know, th- there is a I think there's de- there's an argument for Duhan van der Merwe to be on the bench because a player like him running at tired legs. You, I mean, you saw it. I mean, you know, he he. I think he's one carry in the game. He he burst through about five Welsh yeah. defenders and yeah, had yeah. three there of them hanging off his back. Yeah, yeah, and Andy offloaded as well. So you know he he's going to when there's you know you want him on the pitch when there is space to be had, and you want guys confident under a high ball when you're up against a team like Wales who are going to you know from from full, from the, from their back they are going to rain kicks down on you for eighty minutes. And then if you're up against a team like Fiji who are going to run ball at you, um, or you know that you know you're going to get the opportunity, maybe some some kind of mispositioned defence, then you want guys like Duhan to be kind of fronting up and physically, and you know getting back into kind of physically intimidating the opposition. But you know you're not going to do that against Wales, and I think we all questioned the decision, but. You know, Townsend was vindicated, and yeah. you know, and I think well, that's, well paid. Yeah, and I think that's like I said. I think it's something we need to just accept now that that there isn't a best that the Scots. You know, the, probably aside from the forwards, the rest of the team is going to be picked according to what's needed. So you're always going to have Price at nine, Russell at ten if he's fit. Outside of that, I think, and Hogg at fifteen. I think outside of that, it's it's horses for courses. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, you're talking kind of the spine of the team, you know, you're you're going to see Richie and Watson, you're going to see probably, probably Gray, but 
you, there's probably more of an argument that you're going to see Cummings. He seems yeah. to be, you know, the stat is that he's played what, 13, 14 games in a row now for mm. Scotland or something like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, you're you're going to see those guys. You're going to see one of Brown or McNally, depending, you know, who's least broken at that point. And other than that, it's, it's fair game. I think there's probably an argument more for you know, guy, guy, a guy like Fagerson who, you know, has, I think he has nailed that shirt mm. on now. I think it is his shirt. I think any kind of chatter around the drop-off to Simon Bergen is huge. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Although the, I will say the front row, that when it came on, the, there wasn't a noticeable step backwards. It wasn't like we were yeah. in trouble. I think there were, there, were, there were one point they were shoved off the ball, but it was Wales put in. So yeah, I think that... Yeah. It was fairly even. I think in terms of the bench, that might be where we see him messing around again. Horses, of course. Yeah, Dupree yeah, yeah. off the bench, I think, had another good game. I would. I thought it was okay. Yeah. I, I thought he he did better than made more of an impact than Thompson, but I think that's probably more of an argument to keep Dupree on the bench to come on and make make yeah, that sort yeah. of impact than it is to start him. No, it's it's a difficult position, isn't it? It's just yeah. try to work out what we want from that eight is is really hard, and you know, obviously, um, you know, you throw you throw um Matt Fagerson into that mix as well, and you just kind of yeah, it's it's, it's 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 a difficult one. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I think in terms of the bench, the pick of the bench for me for me probably was Dupree. I think everybody else that came on did it did a job. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would have, I would have said maybe Oi Kebble might have had an argument there. Yes, I thought Oi Kebble was fantastic when he came on. Yeah, and it's, and I think that's that's another one where Kebble from the bench. I think that's where yeah. where you want him coming on because it. And the, I think as Ian did a tweet at the weekend showing you know that the you could see the passion was yeah, there. Absolutely wanting wanting it big time, wasn't he? he was yeah, he's again he's a huge big man, huge huge big lad. And, you know, you can argue all you want about the residency stuff and we've all, you know, we've done that one to, to, to death and somewhat more. But he wanted it. He wanted the win. He, and if you got that guy in a, a blue shirt wanting to win for Scotland, that's fine by me. Yeah, that's it. Um, anything else on, on Scotland v Wales for you, John, I think? Uh, the, no, the only, the only thing I think... Um, it's interesting. I think Wales are at the start of a journey Scotland went through, mm. or have have been going through. I think Wales, Wales are almost going the opposite direction of us in that they want to try and play faster and play more loose. And Pivacs try to encourage that, similar to what they've done at the Scarlets. I think there's an argument that that doesn't work at international level, mm. and Townsend's kind of obviously. Moved away from that. The the brand of rugby they played at Glasgow is not what we're playing at Scotland now, and we are winning games. I think Pivac's maybe got Wales going the wrong way, and they have been unlucky with injuries and, and various things. But you know the the stats are saying now that's him. He's lost. It's oh, five five on the trot now. Mm. Um, one of their worst Six Nations performances in quite some time. Certainly last few years the pressure's on him um so you know it's a shame he's a nice guy yeah i mean i think overall in terms of the six nations for scotland um 
we we had the Tunes Day clock at the start of all this. It seems so we long did, ago. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah Someone yeah. was asking. I'm going to. I'll, I'll find out who it was. Um, was asking what what happened to the Tunes Day clock. Oh, where um, is it at now? Where, yeah, where is it at now? And that's an interesting question. I mean, I, I think it's probably about seven o'clock in the morning at the minute. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Shona Milligan yeah, said, "What? Wondering where the Tunes Day clock's sitting at now. The Six Nations is done. I, I think we're somewhere after breakfast." Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, the, the, it's uh, the alarm set, and it's you know going to go off, and we're going to get up and brush our teeth. Uh, no, I mean, let, let's be fair. It was we were a couple of bad bounces and one bad weather uh, day away from a very, very good Six Nations result. Yeah. And that was in spite of everything that happened with Finn Russell. Yeah. Um, so we we really need to, and you know, I'll hold my hand up. I was one of the one of the uh, talking heads who was very, very, very critical of Townsend at the start of the Six mm. Nations and was was questioning his position. And I think he has done really, really well. Yeah. He has learned. It seems he's learned a lot from the mistakes. Now they always talk about learning, learning the lessons. Have we finally learned the lessons? What are those lessons? Who knows? Yeah. But I think it is bring in lots of very, very good coaches, and you will or get get a functional defence. There's there's a great idea. Let's get a defence coach who can defend. Woo! Yeah. I think about Australia. That. Australia are probably absolutely cursing. They've been so oh. the dud. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who's yeah. who's uh, who's Matt's uh, Matt's agent? <laughs> I think he's got the same agent as Scott Johnson, That's, isn't he? Uh, and Dave Rennie, yes. Yeah. So, um, the and Derek Potter for that matter. Yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, I think the where we are now. I think it was hard to see at the start where Scotland were going, and I don't think yeah. the losses helped for us to see the wood for the trees and. Uh, I think because of the Finn Russell thing, that clouded so much at the start. Yeah. I don't think Gregor Townsend had the chance to kind of explain or tell the story of what Scotland were trying to do and the changes that he'd made. And we didn't get a chance yeah. to see that because, like you said, one drop ball against Ireland, that game's got, you know, that hog dots down, we win that game. The absolutely horrendous weather, you know, against England. Again, a couple of different decisions go a different way. And yep. that was such a tight game. Looking back at it, yep. and then we win the other the, the other three. Yep. So and uh, let's get away from this idea that we we beat France because they got a man setting off. We were, you know, we were uh, in control of that match. Any any pundit that's saying that is lazy and uh, clearly wanted a grand slam for England. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 Dupont struggled in that game from memory because of the pressure that Scotland put on him. And that was deliberate, yeah. you know. And I think that's, you know, yes, that was a good Six Nations. We've got one last, uh, Daft Craigie on, yeah. on Twitch before we move on to um, a very special Wes Dougie Donnelly. So, speaking of lessons learned, did Scotland learn from the England loss to play better and win in horrendous conditions in Wales? I think they probably did, to be honest. They talked a lot about it in, in the press and the run up. Uh, that you know that they were basing a lot of their game plan on what the weather was going to be, and that they had taken lessons from that day at Murrayfield. I think, yeah, we've got to just give credit where it's due. Coaches have it seems like the most simple thing in the world to say we played in horrendous conditions. We've got a couple of things wrong. Let's do it better. But they done it, and that's really 
really good. So yeah, yeah no, absolutely. They did. And and the learning on the pitch as well, because like you know, there's a couple of high balls went up early on, and we didn't rely on that so much as the game wore on against Wales. No, whereas Hog, Wales Hog did. Yeah, Hog Hog in particular was really striking the ball really low to yeah. find find, and you saw you know. Townsend was talking in the build-up about Finn Russell's kicking and his ability to find grass with his kicks, find space. Um, there was obviously an understanding that we weren't going to be thumping the ball up there and having it flap about in there and then you know try and compete for it. So um, I think yeah, they, they, they or certainly that wasn't the plan once they realised the conditions were the way they were. So yeah, got yeah. to give credit when it's due. Lovely stuff. We're going to move on and do this now. Well, we're low tie and we're low close and doggy-bopping speedos but I just want to know did you see the legend that's doggy down the lane? Yes, it's Where's Doogie Donnelly. Now, this section of the podcast, we ask you to send in uh, sightings of anybody famously loosely connected with Scottish rugby. Could be a pundit, could be a player... Um, it could be somebody's brother's uncle's cousin. The more obscure, the better. We've had two, count them two, despite current, you know, lockdown conditions. Yeah, yeah. Two Doogie Donnelly sightings, although they may be historic. I will, I will caveat it. Uh, Dunks B got in touch. He said, uh, pretty sure I saw Doogie Donnelly getting into his car in the Marks and Spencer's food car park in Dunblane. I was too starstruck to go on up and ask if it really was the big man, but the yellow wash was definitely a giveaway. Sadly unclear what he was having for tea. <laughs> good, good effort. I good think effort. he's a meal. I think he's an M&S meal deal guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I bet he would do the meal deal to himself. <laughs> Pour the wine to himself. And two, two, two steaks, two fries, and a bottle of wine. I'm <laughs> um, who else? We have? Uh, Alex McClemon on Twitter has also said, I once saw Dougie Donnelly in Finiston. Uh, I walked or stumbled past him with a bag of fish and chips, and he said, Oh, geezer chip. And I just growled nice. at him. I think growled up. No. That's a, that is a crime against. That's a crime oh. against nature to have not given Doogie Donnelly a chip. Everyone knows that in Glasgow, the rule, the, the, I mean, it's an, it's an unwritten law, but it's still, it's the law of the land that if anyone asks for a chip, you have to oblige. <laughs> it's like it's like someone asking to use your toilet. You know, you, you, under some ancient law, you have to oblige them this opportunity. If you get asked for a chip, you have to give a chip. It's like the opposite. What like the opposite of in York, where you can still shoot a Scotsman in the back with a crossbow. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's that, but the Glasgow version. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I like it. It's less violent. Um, so, if you've seen anybody out and about, then then do get in touch with us. Um, we're going to pop in. We're going to do. Uh, we're going to finish off with this. Yes, it's hands in the ruck time on the uh, podcast. So um, this is where we ask you to get in touch with you or any other business, the things that have annoyed you or pleased you. could be Hands in the ruck can be a very pleasant thing, depending on what the hands are up to. Um, so we've we've had a few um, on on the 
on 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 Facebook on our we've got a super secret Facebook group. So if you sign up to the Patreon, you can get access to uh, our super secret Patreon page where um, the, we've we've had our first post from a Patreon who who posted in. We had a fun wee chat there. Um, it's mostly me posting, but you'll get early early kind of heads up to things that are going on on the podcast. So it's worth worth your money. Maybe maybe you feel like you not specifically you can but maybe a future patreon subscriber feels like they might be an influencer and thinks do you know what i'm going to come into that super secret squirrel group and i'm going to make it the best secret squirrel group out there so don't don't let the fact it's just cami posting put you off no no please post post away and join the chat jason kirk posted he said poor dave rennie must be regretting his life choices right about now And Alan McDonald said, don't worry, as much vaunted man management skills will get him out of trouble. <laughs> I've seen that, yeah. Uh, yeah, Dave's getting a Dave's getting a pasting from yeah. all, and, all and sundry, isn't he? Um, it doesn't help that he's gone to Australia and, you know, the All Blacks are giving him a spanking. And um, Australia are one of those teams, it was always going to be a difficult gig yeah. because... They they have not been very good for quite some time. Yes, and the international rugby is really difficult because it's not like you can go out and sign loads and loads of players. You you are kind of stuck with what you've got mm-hmm. unless you throw them all in the bin and bring in the youths, and that's not necessarily a good idea either. Yeah, and and you know. So it turns out that international rugby isn't as simple as gathering the boys round and having a singing circle with the guitars and singing "Free Love Freeway." Yeah, yeah, and just picking picking good men. Yeah. So the the other hands in that we've got is um, I'm going to get onto the lines in a minute. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. just delay in that. Um, Ian Mackay, hands in the ruck. Uh, the element of Glasgow support already turning on Danny Wilson. Yeah, I mean, it was. This was going to be my my kind of discussion point as well. It's it's complicated, and I understand the frustrations of Glasgow fans. I myself am a frustrated Glasgow fan. It looks like we're going backwards, and there's the last couple of performances. There was lots to be lots of positives last night but ultimately the result was um, not good enough and I think the big issue we have is that there was opportunities last night Mm. that we in previous seasons under previous management we would have taken those opportunities now I don't think that's Danny Wilson's fault I think that we are in a situation now where because of restrictions on funding, because of restrictions on recruitment, because of the world we live in now, we have a few players, I'm not going to go into names, but there's a few players that we have that are maybe not quite at the level that we need now. Hmm. And we are relying on them because they're all we've got. And they're maybe still better than everything else we have, but they're not good enough anymore. Yeah. And that's a shame. It is. And I think the other kind of point that you look at the opposition in Leinster and the conveyor oh, yeah, belt yeah. talent that they've got, I think there is a, a kind of another discussion to be had. And this isn't this isn't Danny Wilson's fault, but why aren't Scotland producing players 
ready off the tread. Young players who are able to step in without a drop in quality in the same way that the Ireland can. Now there's yeah, the Irish setup is different, but but that's something that the pro teams need. And now how I, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and so that that's not a quick fix. Yeah. But the academies yeah. have been in place for a number of years now. And yeah, I think we we have seen some of the results of that, and that there has been players who've come through the academies hmm. and who have are now fully fledged internationals. Um, I think ultimately we all look at the Leinster model and look at the Irish model and think, you know what, we should be producing eight teams worth of back rows every season and that should be that. But it's not realistic in a sport that isn't as popular in this yeah. country. No, and, and I get that. And I think the, the, I think I suppose the frustrating thing is that we have players like, you know, you've got your Stafford McDowells and you've got yep. these players that come in who demonstrably have the talent yep. to play at that level but but there's something missing that that it's it takes too it's taking too long i think this transition is taking too long and that's i don't know how you fix it i don't know what the solution is but the transition no. from academy or super six or whatever players come yep. to to being a consistent performer at professional level let alone international level is takes yeah. too long and that might be like a game time but why can Leinster, young Leinster players from an academy step up and just take to it like a duck to water, whereas our players take, you know, aside from the, the freaks like a Darcy Graham or a Jamie Ritchie or a George, you know, a little Hornito, yeah. they're able to do it, but other players aren't. And I don't know what the solution that, is. That's the thing. Even thinking about George Horn, George Horn's 25. Yeah. You know, it's not, he's not young and he's still considered kind of like, He's, he's kind of fresh, fresh, fresh out the fresh out the academy. When he's not, he's he's a third year professional who is, you know, realistically, if you say a, a professional rugby player's career probably what thirty three, mm. you know, he's got he's got eight years left of his career. You know, we're we're already starting to count down when when does Hornito? You know, you reach your peak at twenty eight. Horn's peak might only be a few years from now, and mm. that that that's great. But players are taking too long to come through, and that I don't know. There seems to be this reluctance in Scotland that you know age still matters. Yeah. Like you know, we seem to th- throw people in later than others, and I might be completely. It, it's just a feeling. I, do, I mean, um, I don't have the numbers in front of me to kind of confirm that, but it just feels like we maybe don't throw players in as early and if anyone's trying to tell me that Stafford McDowell isn't as good a player as maybe Nick Grigg then you know it's a difficult one because he's obviously not showing something during the week Yeah. Now, is that attitude is it commitment is it just game plan I don't we don't know but something isn't there and it's really disappointing yeah and i think it's almost i mean I, and I, i'm not sticking this at the door of any players but the yep. the the reaction you get to say a foreign born player playing for scotland and the reaction is it's taking chances away from 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 scottish players and there isn't you know there, there's just part of me say well, well they're not good enough yeah and yep. the response needs to be I need to get better because that's the competition. I need to raise the level of my game. 
and and I wonder yep. whether or not there is that mindset of almost like a defeatist mindset, and it and it might be cultural. Oh God, this is us as yeah, Scots, yeah, isn't yeah. it? The, the the cultural thing is, oh well, uh, you know, you stick two. Well, they're picking the other guy, so I'm going to t- stick two fingers up and I'm going away in a huff, rather yeah. than I'm going to get better than that guy. I'm going to do what he does. I'm going to have a nice, healthy competition with him and get better. And maybe that's what the good players do. That's what that's what, you know. That's what Adam Hastings talks about doing with Finn Russell. They get on like yeah, a house yeah. on fire. They get on very well, yeah. but they they are competitive with one another, and that yeah. that's why we have two very good fly halves. One who's world class, one with the potential to become world class. That's what I think George Horn probably does with Ali Price, and and Jamie Doby kind of coming through as well. But yeah. but in other positions, I think. It might be the case that it's well. I'm not getting game time. I'm off in a half, and we've seen some of that yep. come out of Glasgow recently with some of the p- disaffected players. Yeah, it's interesting as well to think of guys like you know. Obviously, one of the the, the first big project players we had come through was was WP Nail, mm. and WP Nail made such an impact at the Rugby World Cup in 2015, and there was almost a you know, not long after that, Xander Fagerson came through, and he was 18 when he made mm. his professional debut. You know, he was he was a kid, and we sort of Xander became the heir apparent in some ways to to WP, and obviously Bergen's come through as well, and you know Berg, Bergen's uh, sort of almost jumped WP in a lot of ways because you know the 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 rib the rib king has got old, but. You know, outside of that, you always look at like guys like Darcy Ray, and I'm I'm not not picking on Darcy Ray. He's just a, an example of this. He has all he had all the the opportunity to to kick on, and there's no argument to say that we brought in a foreign player in his position, and um, you know we 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 bought a project player and replaced him with a project player. We didn't. He was usurped by an 18-year-old. He was beaten by a Scottish 18-year-old who mm. done downhill biking at a very big level. <laughs> you know, He's be- he and was beaten by the BMX bandit. He was beaten by the BMX bandit. He was beaten by the guy from the hit video game Paperboy, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> and you see Darcy Ray now. Darcy Ray has been around for quite a few years now and hasn't progressed. He ha- it, you saw him last night. He almost, for like a period of about twenty minutes, every single penalty was three offside, three not rolling away, three doing this, three doing that. He, he's he's not good enough. That's mm. that, that's the fact of it. He's not good enough. And we're talking about professional sport. So if he's not good enough to play internationally. That that that's that's it. You yeah. know, if you can work as hard as you can, but if you're not good enough, you're not good enough. Yeah, and if you're not prepared to to change the way that you play and learn from your yep. mistakes and and develop as a player, then you're not going to make that level because that's what everybody else is doing. That's what yep. the best players do, and I think that's the what we want to do is create a positive culture of high performance in Scottish rugby, and you're not going to do that by selecting players based on the fact they've got Scottish you know they've got Scottish heritage rather than the best player. If you create the best player that sends a message that we will select the best of the best. Not yeah, that we'll select the, you based on on you know whose body you came out of and where they happen yeah, to, where they happen to be born. Yeah. 
yeah, you happen to be born in the right hospital somewhere. Yeah. As opposed to you're the best player who is qualified for our country to represent our country at that given point. Yeah. And if Um, if your attitude to that is to stick two fingers up and say, I can't believe he's picking the foreign boy, then you haven't got the right mindset to play sport at the top level. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I think there is a counter argument that I maybe hadn't considered previously. And, you know, obviously I've had my views on this before and people have sent me letters and stuff, but I don't really care. Um, <laughs> there is a counter argument that, you know, the amount of investment that does go into project players and goes in, into signing players with a view to them becoming Scottish for all intents and purposes, there is a view that maybe that funding should be matched, you know, if there's if there's not the same opportunities for young players who have talent in Scotland. So mm. I'm thinking of we talk a lot about, you know, so I'm originally from the Isle of Butte and it, to to play sport outside of Butte, you have to take a ferry. You have to travel. You have to stay overnight in places. And it is costly. And not everyone can afford that. Mm. And there was lots of talent you know, just using Butte as an example, there was lots of talented players at many different sports who maybe didn't get the opportunity to at least see if they could become professional because there was no support available for them. And there is almost an argument that we need to be funding that better as yeah. well. But I think it it works together. And, you know, project players set... If, if a project player is better than any player we have in that position, they set the tone. They set yeah. the, the standard. And I think that Darcy Graham is a very good example of, of someone who used the mindset in a positive way, the, the two fingers yeah. up in a positive way. Darcy Graham was written off for being too small. Yeah. I, think Darcy, I think Darcy Graham struggled. You know, he, he got into the academy system despite the fact he was written off. Yeah. And he reacted to being written off by, with, with the attitude, I'll show you, I'm a very, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the best of the best. And that's... And it shows in his rugby. It yeah. shows the way he plays. He, he, he's, he's ferocious. Yeah. And and that comes through, and I think that's the. I think you're right. I think there's there's definitely more that can be done in in scouting in Scottish players, but I, I think that the you know the overall mindset needs to be if you, you that you're aiming for perfection, you're aiming for to be the best of the best, yeah. and and that you know that that that's what wins rugby games. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what we need. To- we're gonna do. We'll do. We're gonna get on to it. I don't know. Should I do the Lions chat jingle for this, or should we? No, it's too early. Too, it's too early, early for Lions chat. We're not gonna do it with it. Too uh, early for the jingle. Uh, Martin Bell got in touch on our super secret Facebook page and said his hands in the ruck is uh, folk complaining about the price of Lions tickets. His original hands in the ruck was this is revised. His original one was the price of Lions tickets, but he's changed it to people complaining <laughs> about the price of Lions tickets. So I think the, the cheapest Lions ticket on sale was eighty five pounds today. Now. Yeah. My view on this is, I agree with Martin, people complaining about it. It's, this is a Lions game and Scotland, uh, you know, Murrayfield has been hired yes. by the Lions to host this match. The SRU happened to be an organisation that plays rugby. It's a rugby organisation. I think the fact that the Lions have picked Murrayfield, yes, for rugby reasons, but also the SRU aren't set, ain't setting these prices. And yeah, I think I think there's a counter argument that they are part of the Lions committee which sets yeah. the prices. But yeah, I mean that's a that's a straw man argument really. Yeah. And if you can get that much money, I mean you know what? they'll they'll sell tickets at that price. It's ridiculous. Yeah. There's one's good there's one's going on via Google for thirteen grand. I mean that's another matter. So that, yeah, yeah. That's that's another matter altogether. That's disgusting. But I think 
yeah, it would be lovely and romantic to you know sell twenty ki- twenty pound tickets to school kids, but it's the Lions. This is the what this. It rarely happens that the Lions play a game within one of the home nations, yeah. and that's a shame. But it will sell out, and at the minute, rug, minute rugby needs all the money it can get. Yes, it will sell out. Whether it will go ahead is yes. another question. Is another matter altogether. Yes. Yeah. And I get that people have I get that people have paid the money for the Nevis membership for early access, but we covered this last week's podcast. That the the you know the whole idea behind the Nevis membership membership is not shouldn't be driven by self interest. Essentially the the SRU were holding the cap out and asking for cash. And yeah. there was some benefits that were very clearly labelled as these may not be realised, but we'll give you something. We'll give you the prospect of maybe coming along to see a live match. We'll give you the idea that you can get early access to tickets, but what we want is your money so we can still function as a business. Pay our wages. Yeah. I think think there is is an optic thing here with with regards to the Lions, and I think people forget that the Lions are not a national union. They are they are a touring select side that comes together every every four years to fund the Southern Hemisphere. Um, you know, it's it's a commercial entity. Yeah. It you know it's there to make money, and it's a poor optic in the light of everything that's happening for them to be charging those prices but those are the prices that rugby matches cut the cost you know people are saying it's only japan well it's not only japan it's the, it's the lions. irish line yeah. playing against a, another team it could be japan it could be the all blacks it could be anyone it wouldn't matter it's the lions and the final kind of point to it, and we've said this a number of times, and we've said this about strips, and we've said this about memberships, and we've said this about all and everything that we talked about on this podcast and previous others. See if you don't like the prices, don't pay them. No. Dead easy. No one's forcing you to. See if you can't afford it, don't buy it. Go to a pub. Pay your rent, pay your, pay your house, pay for food. Do what you need to do. Don't buy a rugby ticket. Yep. I'm not buying a Lions ticket. No. I don't want to go and see the Lions. My plans, I'm, I've, I've, I've planned a day in the pub, if that's possible. Yeah. I'm going to go yeah. up to Embra, meet some, meet some folk, go to the pub, soak in the atmosphere, but I'm not paying £85 for the pleasure. Nope. I'll spend Murrayfield's cold. It is. It's quite... quite the, the beer, you know, Murrayfield's cold. The beer is expensive. Yeah. I'll find somewhere find. with a match on where I can have a pint. Hopefully and, less than a fiver. Yeah. And... Um, hopefully a, co- a a nice coal fire. I know just the place actually, and a lovely pub that will do that. Yeah, and, and, and there'll be it, I can, can imagine that hundreds of people, hundreds of events on with tickets where you get you get some food and have people yeah. being interviewed at halftime. There are loads of you probably be cheaper to go and get a dinner with a former lion somewhere in a hotel, <laughs> somewhere and watch the game live than it is to actually go to the bloody game itself. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It's but uh, you know what? I appreciate that people some people want to go to it as well. And I'm, I, I've no, like, fine. <laughs> There's yeah. no, no skin off my nose whatsoever. I, If you want to pay money to go and see a game of rugby, please. I have said before, I actually prefer watching it on my television. Um, I find money feel cold. I don't actually like crowds all that much. <laughs> I prefer it on the TV. <laughs> yeah, you can you understand a hell of a lot more what's happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't have to pay for the ref, Mike. No. 
Um, I was going to do, I was going to be moaning about people calling for players being ba- called up on past glories rather than form, but I think I'll save that for another week. I think the one, my, my one hands this, this is a nice hands in the ruck, and it, it t- warmed Yay, my heart. Was, nice. um, Roy Laidlaw's wife um, sadly passed away. Now, she asked that, you know, money money that was raised in her name was passed to the Scottish Injured Players Foundation, which I think is absolute, uh, you know, a lovely touch and just shows, you know, that Royal Laidlaw's a, you know, a player from the amateur era, but yep. to, to still have that connection and to, to, to want to do that, I think is absolutely marvellous. And obviously there's a sad news about, you know, Royal Laidlaw himself has got dementia, I think. And yep. um, there's... Uh, there are things you can do if you if you're affected by it. There's there's a group called Rugby Memories, and we've we've been trying to arrange for for months now to try and and do a pod, we podcast with them. But it, a lockdown happened, and it got hard. But but there's there's a Rugby Memories group where people with dementia get together and um, they talk about rugby, and it's very yep. therapeutic. And they talk about games. They you know. My uncle meets a guy and who's got dementia. And I don't think he meets him at the minute, but you know they talk about football matches and the memory that the guy has of he can name a lineup, he can name a moment in a football game, but you know he wouldn't know his way down the street. Yep. So there are these things going on, and the wonderful things. So that you know, if you have been kind of touched by the Royal Aid Law story, then you know go and find your local rugby memories group and and try and find out how you can support them. It might just be that you can arrange a Zoom chat with somebody and and talk about rugby. Um, it might be that you can sort of a quiz for them or something. So um, I'll put I'll put details of rugby memories on the sport. sport yep. It's a, a part of Scottish sporting memory. So I'll put the link on the on the podcast page if you want to find out more about that. Um, we'll be back um, potentially next week. We'll have a, we're going to keep that under review. Potentially we'll be back next week. There'll be a, a bit of Pro, Pro 14 to talk about and we'll have the the um, Italy. Italy up next, isn't it? If you know, we'll, we'll see where we are. I'm in deep dark lockdown. By, I've got nothing else better to do down here. I'm not allowed to leave my house. Well, well I am. By, by next week, we will have potentially had a few contributors of this this said podcast slash blog ha, have plans to make music together. So Ooh. this 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 could be this could be bold and exciting. So there may be maybe feedback to come on that. Uh, wow. Suggestions that it is eighties hair metal. Yes, this this can be confirmed. <laughs> uh, well, we look we look forward to that. We've also got um, Scottish Scotland's hardest player of all time as well. We, that is coming to the to the podcast um, this month, and there will be some articles across the blog as well this month. We had we had to delay that slightly just due to for for Rona related reasons, but but. Hopefully they are. I'm, I'm locked down now in England. I've got four it weeks. It must be nothing. really difficult for people who have a Rona in their life. Like I'm, I, I'm particularly thinking of Ian with Rona and Rona Sweeting. It must be really difficult, especially to when you're Rona. accused. Especially when you're accused of mansplaining when you're just trying to say something nice about Scotland women. Uh... Rona Sweeting, <laughs> How dare you, mate, mate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All I no, said was... was it was nice to see Scotland women be a you know get covered by squidge rugby and that had nothing to do with being a man it's only the fact that he's a well-respected rugby analyst and the fact he picked up on it i thought was a nice a nice touch but yes you know they i agree with rona they don't need the validation of a man nope. absolutely absolutely not absolutely. But that wasn't the point i was making but what you're trying to make no. and i would caveat it with 
Squidge is not a man. Squidge is a squidge. Squidge is a squidge. I think that's that's a, a good way to describe squidge. Um, so yes, that's it for this week. We we will be back next week, I think, in some form or another. So keep keep your eyes peeled. Um, don't forget do to go to manscape.com for your twenty percent free shipping off. with the code SRP. Um, you know, do 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 look after you. Look after your boss, and your boss will look after you. Um, we'll we'll talk a bit about body image next week. And, can and can I just say with the manscape thing, the package it comes in is phenomenal. Like oh, I the, the box is magnificent, and you get like a there's like a newspaper as well, which is quite entertaining. They do you got you, it there. There is. There, I haven't got the newspaper because that, that I, I don't have room. You do get instructions of how to safely look after your devices and also how to safely. Um, do do the do the business downstairs if that's something go, you want go, to do. Go, go with the go with with the grain and uh, and point it upwards. Don't don't go down. No, not good. Not no. good. That's a different device and that does a different thing. Yes, and and as as uh, according to Alan McDonald, a friend told him, a friend <laughs> told him uh, that it's no good using uh, a beard trimmer down there. You need you need the proper tools for the job. Exactly. Would you try to trim? Uh, trim your hedge in your garden with a lawnmower. With a lawn. No, you wouldn't. You absolutely would not. No. Proper tools for the job. Twenty percent off. So Go yeah, so not just for for anybody with anybody with testicles. That's a good thing to you know have a look at that. You know, I'm I'm, I'm sure it I'm sure it's unisex. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I, well, and you know, it's. Well, we'll get. I'm not getting into how I walk deep into the wokeness now, but you know, you can identify. <laughs> you can identify in a different way, and and still you know need. Need need trimming in in relevant places. There, may, you there, know, there is trimmage for everyone. There is, and so you know, buy it as a a wee treat for for somebody in your life. Maybe um, don't don't force it on them. Not you know, if they don't want to do that, that's absolutely fine. Their body, their choice. If it's something Just you've talked you, about together, if you buy it, buy it as a Christmas present for someone. Yeah, and there's a whole range of things. You can you can buy the pants, you can buy a nose trimmer. There's lots. There's not just this pack on there. They've got they do the whole package. And I'm going to get some more of those pants because they are magnificent. They are they are very comfortable pants. I will say that. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm 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 moving on from Asda George packs of five. No, I'd, I'd upgraded to like Costco. I'd went with right. multi packs from Costco, but like these these are next gen. Like oh, just yeah. beautiful. I look forward. To like they're they're in the wash just now. They are getting processed. They'll be with me again soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that day. Yeah, I required John to wear the t-shirt tonight, but I didn't insist on him wearing the pants because that seemed that seemed pointless. On well, the I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, like if you if you had went down that route, I would have stood up for you. But um, I, in fact, I just have my Under Armour shorts on. I'm fine. I don't have my manscape yeah. pants. Ian, on. Ian did threaten to do a live demonstration, and that's that's not why he's not here tonight. But um, yeah, <laughs> that's not. That's not or is it? Is it? Or oh, is it? Is it? Yeah. Um, yeah crap calls. <laughs> so thank you very much for joining us this week. Um, don't forget to follow us on all the various social medias and subscribe to the podcast and all of that. Any questions, get in touch by email podcast at scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. But for the moment, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from John. Hey, folks. There we go. Oh. That was epic. I know. <laughs> Christ. Oh. Oof. There we go. Yeah. There we go. That was a good one. I wasn't expecting I was. So